My name is Preston Grace, and I'd like to welcome you to the No Walls Podcast. Welcome to the No Walls Podcast. My name is Preston, and I'm here with our student pastor here at The Brick, Taylor Otterbein. What's up, man? How are you doing? I am all right. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we got back from Chicago. And yeah, we did. It was a it was a it was a fun time. A bunch of interesting things happened. We went to the Global Leadership Summit. Uh, we saw Andy Stanley speak. We saw Craig Rochelle speak, and you broke your collarbone also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, in case you're curious why we didn't have a podcast last week, that's what we were doing. We went to the Global Leadership Summit in Chicago, and our plan was to record the podcast on the way home. Uh, but uh, I changed that that game plan pretty quick. Um, uh, we uh, we were all at the Bean in Chicago. <clears throat> if you know what the Bean is, Google it. It's kind of cool. <clears throat> and uh, we were out in the park, and <clears throat> Fallon, your wife, and Preston, you are talking about running or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is in me. Just something <laughs> about competition in the air <clears throat> forces me into scenarios. It doesn't force me, I choose it, but <clears throat> nevertheless, there we were, and I just start trash-talking about running for some reason. I mean, I've got to be at least 90 pounds heavier than both of y'all. Like, <clears throat> how much you weigh? I'm, I weigh like 135-ish. I weigh 235-ish mm. right now. So, yeah, I'm 100 pounds heavier than you. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I, I just thought I, I thought I could get y'all. <clears throat> and so... Uh, I'm trash talking, and then our life group's pastor Amy is apparently competitive, so she's in on this game. Yeah, <coughs> and so we line up, and we get Kyle, you know, doing a countdown, and uh, you know he counts, he says go, and then we take off, and I freaking trash y'all, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm feeling myself, and it becomes abundantly clear that everyone except for me thinks that I started early, <laughs> and uh, there's video video footage of this out on circulating. So if y'all yeah. y'all can find me on Facebook, you can find the video uh, or Instagram probably. Anyways, I don't think I cheated. Y'all think I cheated, and so it becomes this big moment. <clears throat> and uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you've heard me talk about how incredibly competitive I am and loud of a human being I am, and uh, that that knows no limits. <clears throat> and so within. Five minutes. We've got the entire bean paying attention to us. We have rando <laughs> strangers, like on the sideline, engaged in this race. And now I'm like, well, <coughs> we're looking at footage. I didn't think I started early. Y'all did. So I'm like, well, let's run it back. And like now I'm on one. Like now I'm out here just. I mean, as as trash talking as can be. Amy's in on it. Y'all are in on it. And I'm like, I just, I've, I now got to prove to the whole world, like, I, I'll smoke y'all again. And so we line up, we take off. <laughs> it's time. It doesn't work out the same. I lose all momentum, fall forward, and I think I can tuck it. So I, I go to barrel roll, and I land right on my shoulder. And in that yeah. moment, it all went tragically south, and I snapped my collarbone. Yeah. And uh, my insurance was not um, taken. <laughs> In Chicago, so I had to have a 13-hour drive all the way home with a broken collarbone. Yeah, yeah. I f- I felt so that's why we didn't have a podcast last yes. week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why the podcast didn't happen. Um, yeah, I really wasn't too concerned about like who cheated or whatever, and like I don't know, it just it just kind of escalated, and then we ran it back again, and I was like, all right, here we go. I can't let things go, bro. I, I've, I've got to work on that. I did not. I just didn't. It wasn't even in my. 
like thought that like we're running on concrete and this is like actually a lot like the majority of the team from the church and we could get hurt like i didn't even like didn't even run through my head and then we had built a human pyramid five minutes before yeah, that on yeah. concrete yeah we did yeah. <laughs> but yeah man so now your collarbone's broken Just all because i couldn't to let it go you know there's a if you you didn't have to grow up in church to hear this phrase, if you have someone in your life older than fifty, you've heard them say it. Pride cometh before the fall, <laughs> and in real time, bro, we got to watch that play itself out. <laughs> yeah, it was. We had you. We had some random people like like watching the the race for us too. And as soon as like as soon as you fell, they just turned their heads like they, they were weren't. Gone. They were not. There. <laughs> they were like, we didn't see that. The crowd dissipated so quick. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't see nothing. No. <coughs> yeah, it's like they all witnessed a crime. They didn't want. They didn't want to look at it. But um, so you're you're having surgery tomorrow, right? Yeah, surgery's happening tomorrow in the morning. Yeah. <coughs> it's interesting to me. So I've been thinking about. It. It's funny to me because at the at the Global Leadership Summit, <coughs> they had all kinds of speakers from all kinds of different arenas. And John Acuff was one of the speakers, and he had this. He was having a conversation on like how we all have soundtracks, mm-hmm. and by soundtracks he meant like we all have like these these internal narratives of like these things we say about ourselves or mantras we give ourselves, and they kind of like drive who we are. Like, and we need to take control of the ones that are unhealthy. Like, uh, he had some questions he asked. I don't remember what all the questions were, but they were like, "Is it true? Does it help?" <coughs> I can't remember what the third one was. Clearly just talking about how like soundtracks are hard to break and we need to, you know, like we need to take control of ones that aren't good. And it just it cracks me up because I'm sitting here listening to this guy. And one of the examples he gives is like something along the lines of like <clears throat> the need to prove ourselves. Like for some of us, we have such a high internal narrative of like, I need to prove to you I'm I'm good enough or whatever. And I'm like sitting here listening to this dude talk. <laughs> and I'm literally processing like what are my soundtracks and that's one of them for sure without a doubt in my mind one of the narratives that have driven me for most of my life in an unhealthy way is the need to prove i am better than people see me like i i I can do more than they said i could do i i'm not the caricature they make me out to be da 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 da. and so i'm sitting in this daggum summit sitting here thinking like i've got notes on my phone from the sum of like that's my soundtrack that's one of them i'm gonna work on that like processing out all right. How do I apply that? How do I work that out? I'm over here like building sermons in my head <laughs> on soundtracks. And I mean, within an hour, like maybe two hours, here I am in real time faced with the very conversation <laughs> I'm internally having at the summit. And I lose the fight to the soundtrack. I can't let it go. <laughs> and like, I did no one in that room I needed to prove myself to. Like, I know the team loves me. They yeah. got me. I didn't need to prove. That I, first off, I'm 100 pounds heavier than y'all. Like physics would suggest that I shouldn't be able to run faster than y'all <laughs> anyway. So it's like, there's like I'm trying to prove something that doesn't even matter, and I couldn't let it go. Yeah. And so it just it's fascinating to me how like in life you can have moments where you you can see something is the way it shouldn't be. You can identify that it's not the way it should be. You can know and have some steps that you're going to take to change it, and still find yourself slipping on it all over again. Yeah. That's a trip to me. That's yeah, one that I've been like fixated on that since since I broke my collarbone as I have a daily reminder <laughs> of it. I'm like it just that's fascinating to me. Like what like what is it about like the human nature that 
it's so hard for us to rewrite internal narratives mm-hmm. <laughs> because like I just think sometimes it's really easy to be like look at other people and be like that's so stupid why have you not fixed that yeah everybody in your life tells you it's a dumb idea everybody in your life knows you're being an idiot stop doing that yet we all have areas of our lives where just like that person it's like I know I shouldn't have run that race like but I couldn't let it go yeah yeah I've I've struggled with that just anytime I try to do something new in like a routine like it's frustrating how hard it is to get yourself to do what you want to get yourself to do it shouldn't be that hard like if I want to do something I should just be able to do it but like just like any, like working out, for instance, like <clears throat> I haven't worked out once this week and I started working out like last week and I was like, I was on it, I was doing well. And then this week I'm like, I'm going on vacation next week so I can't motivate myself to do it. That's not <laughs> how that should work. It's like if you want to work out, you should just be able to go work out. But it's like these internal things are just like they are hard to fight. It's like a, yeah, discipline's a, a hard thing to, to build up and I, I don't know the best way to do it. Yeah, especially if we're talking about trying to break some habits that are, like, really deep set, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I could probably learn to change um, the way I fold my clothes. Like, that probably wouldn't be that complicated. It's not something I've built over a lifetime. But changing the way I talk to myself, like, I've been listening to my voice far longer than I've listened to anybody else's. Mm, yeah. So, like, how do you how do you shift that narrative? Like... You think yeah. you're always right, and half the time you're wrong about the way you assess yourself for the good and the bad. Yeah. We'll overestimate how good we are, and we'll overestimate how bad we are. And, like, yeah. in all the extremes, it's it's interesting. <clears throat> what uh, <coughs> what do you think some soundtracks of your life are? Like, wh- What do you think is a soundtrack <coughs> that you, like, after hearing John Acuff kind of talk about that, what do you, what, what do you think mm-hmm. something that stands out to you? Right, so this kind of – I didn't register it as a soundtrack. Um, but now that you're saying that, I, I found this out about myself when I took, like, the Enneagram, the personality test. Like, one of my soundtracks is just, like, hey, bro, be useful. Like, are you useful right now? Like, are you useful in this situation? Are you useful to these people? Like, that is, like, a reoccurring thing to me. Like, you, like, and the, I found that out whenever I did my Enneagram thing is one of the the fears is, like, not being competent enough. So, like, if I'm given a task and I can't get it done, like that weighs on me. I was talking to my friend Kenny not that long ago, and we were actually talking about like what, like what's the worst thing, like for you, and like what what is like some of the worst times of your life. And obviously, I haven't had much much like bad stuff happen to me because this is one of the worst things in my life. But it's literally starting a new job for me is like the worst three months of my life. Like going to a, a place where I'm required to do something and I can't get it done, I will have the lowest self-esteem i'll be in the lowest spot for like however long it takes me to figure out how to do that job and so that's probably that's probably one of my my soundtracks that runs through my head that's really yeah that's interesting yeah (coughs) i think soundtracks are it's a fascinating concept to me because they're so personal and like they play out so uniquely like i don't know that like even other fives might not have that exact same um, <clears throat> kind of same wrestle. Um, how do you how do you cope with that? Like so now, like now that you identify that, what do you have you learned some things to kind of solve that, or is that still just as strong a wrestle today as it was when you first identified it? It's so. <laughs> it it's it just gets easier because 
the more that I do things, the more competent I am at things. So it's like it's just not a struggle that comes up as much, which so it's it almost kind of fixes itself because like it makes me get better at things. So that the next which isn't fixing the thing because like anytime I'm still in a position where I'm not good at something, like I feel it. But um, I think also just knowing who you're working with. So if you're working with people that like you know really care about you, really love you, like it's okay that you mess up, and that's kind of that that's something I have to tell myself all the time is like. Hey, like you screwed this up, but it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Like these people still love you. They're not like you're not gonna get fired today, you know, for screwing this up or whatever. And I've, like that's been with every single job I've had. I've had it. I've had that with bosses that are super strict. I've had that with bosses that are super laid back because then I assume that they're expecting more out of me than they're telling me. Like it's just like a that it's it it's in every single situation. But um, yeah, the the best thing is to. Just know that it's it's okay and everyone makes mistakes. And that's such a cliche, but it's it's something that I have to tell myself to like kind of fight back that soundtrack. <laughs> so you have to fight one mantra with another one. Yeah. <coughs> pretty much. Yeah, the three <coughs> the three questions John Acuff threw out. If you haven't checked him out, you gotta go check him out. He's yeah, a stud. Absolutely. And I think the name of the book he wrote is called Soundtrack. So it's absolutely yeah. worth going to read. <coughs> but he said the three questions you should ask about the soundtrack to figure out if it's healthy is is it true is it helpful and is it kind mm. yeah and those are the three ways you assess it and if it's not one of those three it's not it's not healthy yeah <coughs> and it made me start kind of assessing some of the soundtracks and uh, so for me i think one of my soundtracks is like <coughs> um it's it's like uh <coughs> Like, so, like I said, like, proving myself is definitely one of them. Like, mm-hmm. um, I have to be, um, I have to be better than you say I am. Mm. Is like, it's like, it's not just enough to even be as good as you say. I need to, I need to one up it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and it comes from such a deep place of insecurity. It comes from such a deep place of like, <clears throat> you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of like healthy, um, like healthy, inputs as a kid you know and i mean and then like some people's response is you become like the thing people say to you and then my response was like no i'm gonna prove to you i'm wrong and in one sense like it kind of helped me survive Mm -hmm. because i think if i went the other route and just accepted this is who i am then i don't know i really don't know who i'd be but while that might have like kept me alive throughout my childhood as an adult now it's such a bad rhythm. Mm. Like it's such a bad um, way to make decisions is to just, I've got to be better than you see me. Like I'm constantly trying to prove to you that I can elevate, that I can become better, that I can be stronger. Uh, And it's like, while I know that your perception of me does not define who I am, I still have so many muscle memories working me towards trying to prove that in. It's why I think, like, relationship with Jesus is so important because the closer you get to who he is and the more you know him and the more you're aware of how he feels about you slowly over time, that should infect its way into the way you see yourself. Yeah. Like, if I could see myself the way he sees me, I wouldn't feel a need to prove myself to anybody else because the God of the universe loves me. Yeah. But believing that that's true is so different. Uh, or, or walking out that that's true and, and knowing it's true, it's just fascinating concept. Yeah. Because it's like, <clears throat> I don't see Jesus today, but I do see you today. Yeah. 
right? Like, like I do have to go hear the next thing you're going to say about me. I do have to live in a world where your perception is something I'm going to find out. And trying to figure out mantras, like phrases and soundtracks, if you will, that replace that is really helpful. And I like the way that John Acuff um, asked those questions because it kind of helped assess, like, so is that true? Um, Like, can I be better? uh, Do I need to be better than the way you see me? Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe, maybe there's some areas in my life I need to be better. So the next question, is it helpful? Mm. And I don't think the answer to that is yes. Yeah. It's not helpful to me to feel like your barometer of who I am is the end all be all for me. Yeah. And it's definitely not kind. <clears throat> and running things through that filter is really fascinating. And it's interesting. Like <clears throat> the one that I'm like thinking about recently is like, <clears throat> uh, like intimacy is interesting to me. So, we went on a trip. <coughs> we get super vulnerable. <coughs> so we, we went on that trip to Chicago, and it's fascinating to me because I'm sitting here looking at people, and there's like, we have like, we brought spouses along the way. Yeah. <coughs> and I think something I've taught myself over the years is that like, um, intimacy to a point is okay. I'm like, I don't have the soundtrack. I'm still trying to process it out. So you're going to hear me like yeah. kind of process out in real time. I haven't figured out how to what the sentence for this thing I'm going to try to explain is. So forgive me if this is a little convoluted. (laughs) But to me, there's something about intimacy that I'm not okay with. Mm. So like, it's like there's, there's something vulnerable about it that makes me really, really uncomfortable. It's like, I have this belief that if I, if I really am vulnerable, like if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm truly intimate, like if I really let you into my soul, then I have just set you up to do some profound damage to me. Mm. And it's tied to like moments in life where people thought were family or that were family supposed to be kind, hurt me or whatever. <clears throat> but the way it plays out is fascinating. So like <clears throat> come at this, we're at this trip. And so I'm watching. So like we have a couple couples, like you're there with your wife, Trev's there with his wife. Um, <clears throat> and I'm there with my wife and we're like up there and I'm looking at, just this touchy feeliness. Mm. Like you'll all just touch each other a lot, which is fine. Yeah. Right. So even as I say that, it's not to be an indictment that you shouldn't. <clears throat> but I'm looking at it, and my initial response is like uncomfortable by that. Mm. <laughs> so we're walking, and Nicole tries to hold my hand as we're going into the global leadership summit. And I'm like, get off my hand. What are you <laughs> doing? Why are you touching my hand? <clears throat> we don't hold hands. And so I, I'm like, and like after the soundtracks, I started processing this and realizing like, so I don't have a problem being physically intimate with wife, like at all. Yeah. Right. Thank God for the benefit of marriage. It's fantastic. <laughs> so it's not physical intimacy I have an issue with. It's the emotional intimacy hmm. that terrifies me. So I started processing of like how many moments in nine years of marriage, we're talking about, I've married nine years, I'm coming up on a decade. Can I start processing how many times have I really bared my soul to my wife? Hmm. Like, how many times have I let her, like, really, really in? I think my wife knows me. I love my wife. I believe my wife knows I love her. Our marriage is good in almost every way you can measure, but I'm sitting here processing, why do I have an issue with these, like, moments? And it's intimate. Something about those, like, those public PDA moments, even, like, PDA is, like, almost feels like an extreme way to communicate someone just like leaning on you yeah like 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 holding your arm or holding your hand or like just needing to touch you like scratch your back or arm around the shoulder and all these like moments of like hugging all the time and i'm like why am i so why do i have a problem with that like like sex doesn't bug me but something about you wanting to hug me 
feels more vulnerable for some reason. I can't figure that out, right? It's yeah. fascinating. And I think I've realized I've turned intimacy into danger. <clears throat> I've turned the belief of like really letting you in. And like, I don't because I feel like it keeps me safe. But then I'm realizing in real time, like, that's a really unhealthy soundtrack. Yeah. Right there. There's there's so many things that like if I just I bet if I would just invite Nicole into all of my process. Yeah. All of who I am, all of the narratives, all even the vulnerable moments. Like there's going to be such a beautiful healing in that, and I would know that that's true, and I would tell you that's true from stage. Yeah. And in real time, realize, God, this is so hard to walk out. Like this is so hard to let you in, when I know you love me. Like I, you're the safest person I know, and yet I'm still have. These moments where, like, letting you in is scary to me. Like, it's so scary. And, like, the soundtrack conversation was so... It broke something in me. Yeah. So this conversation shook me. And I'm, like, trying to process all of these areas. I'm like, man, I don't like that soundtrack. I'm going to fix that soundtrack. Yeah. Because it's cool. not true. It isn't dangerous. Nicole is safe. Yeah. And, like, why would I not want the most amazing person I know to know all of every part of my heart? And so now I'm over here, like processing all right i'm, I'm going to control this soundtrack i'm not going to let intimacy be danger anymore uh that's what it is intimacy is danger that's yeah. the soundtrack emotional intimacy is danger and so uh i'm realizing that but like i'm also trying to process like how do we fix that yeah kind of think i'm gonna have to start creating some new soundtracks like uh intimacy is worth the danger yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's a cool one yeah intimacy is worth it uh safety is is worth the risk like healthy is worth the uncomfortable and just to create all these other new narratives to combat the the intimacy issue of like no i i need to be able to be if if, if anyone i need to be emotionally like available to is my wife and so it's cool we've had some cool conversations since the since the summit where i'm realizing like oh no i'm about to peel a new layer back for you yeah uh anyways so <laughs> it's so it's interesting because it's like uh what i'm discovering is soundtracks tend to layer Mm. now he didn't say this so he might tell me i'm wrong i don't know this is like i said we're kind of spitballing it seems like they layer so one helps feed the other helps feed the other and that's kind of thing in general that's how unhealth works when you're not healthy it tends to spider web out into other things yeah but the issue with people's perception trick trip trip trickles into that Mm. so i'm like wait what do they think that how do they feel about this what am I saying? Yeah. What is this moment communicating? Is this too much? What's the line? When am I being too? And like, I've got so many people's perception while I'm missing the only person whose perception actually matters. Yes. <clears throat> and that's the trip. Yeah. Because like realizing like, it's funny because you can be like, in my mind, I would be like, I don't care what people think. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would tell you that. And I believe that's true in most areas, but it's still funny how like a staunch eight on the Enneagram like, I'm doing it what I want. Forget what you think. I'm not asking for permission. That's on you. Is like my default unhealthy states. Yet, internally, I'm absolutely asking for permission. Yeah. The whole time I'm asking myself, are you okay with this? Yeah. And I'm missing the only person that actually matters. Yeah. And that is the craziest, like, and now you see that. And I think once you see it, you can start working towards it, which is what I'm trying to do in the moment, even real time. is like, the more I call it out, the more I'm open about it, the more honest I am about it the less room that insecurity has to grow and forces it to get to light. People can help me be accountable and I can just grow my own process here, other people's perspectives, but it's completely tied to people's perception for me. Even in that moment, it's still like, 
what do they think? Who cares what they think? They don't yeah. matter. <clears throat> and that's what I'm like. It, the person who matters most in the world is my wife. And I have somehow allowed there to be arenas and areas of my life where I've allowed other people's voices to matter more. Mm. And I'm not going to spend another day of my life allowing that be true as much as I can. Like yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to work through that. Cause it's like, it's like the question isn't what they think, but even past that, it's not even so much about like how it makes me feel like it adds so much value to her. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's not really hurting me other than like, I'm, I, I'm, it's not hurting me in the sense of like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable with the reason I'm uncomfortable is for a really dumb reason. Yeah. It's not like it actually costs me anything. I'm uncomfortable because I'm afraid how somebody else feels. And it's just, and that goes back to the soundtrack. Is it true? Yeah. Who cares what their opinion is? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Is it helpful? No, it's not helpful to close my wife off to making her feel loved because I'm afraid it might bother somebody else. And it's definitely not kind to her. Yeah. And you just keep working these like philosophies out. But it is, it's, 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 it's interesting that you say that. Cause it's like, uh, <clears throat> I, I think for me, it's not so much. I, I definitely didn't see any healthy interaction, like from like a husband to a wife at right. all growing up, but it's definitely more, just always aware of how I'm being perceived to people. It's just yeah. such a big deal to me. And I don't even think I realized until this week and how pervasive that was for me. I think I would have told you four days ago <clears throat> that people's perceptions did not drive me. Hmm. I don't think I would have said that with my full chest, fully confident. No, I'm okay. I mean, obviously everybody's got some insecurities, but like people's opinions of me really aren't that big a deal. And here I am sitting on the other side of the last four days. I'm like, nope. Nope, I am definitely moved by people's opinions of me, and I hate it. And yeah. I'm not, now that I know it, I'm going to, like, attack it. I'm going to yeah. try to fight against as best I can. I'm going to try to have conversations, develop the new soundtracks, the new mantras to work against that, have conversations with people uh, so they can help me see it, invite my wife in more, create more rhythms. So like I've, I've been hugging Nicole, like, a lot more yeah. the last four That's days. Cool. <laughs> that might sound sociopathic. Do you like, why do you need to do that? Y'all don't know my pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm broken, y'all. Nine <laughs> out of ten on A score. I got some issues. <laughs> but I'm not going to let those issues win out any second longer than I have to. Now that I know it, now that I've identified I'm going to fight against as hard as I can. Yeah. So we hug a lot more. Uh, and I'm, anyway, so I'm, I'm working towards that. No, that's cool. <laughs> well, with the PDA thing for me, now that you've said that, I can say it a little bit more clearly. For me, it, the reason why it was weird when we first started dating, or like really up until, like I said, the last couple months, I guess, um, now it feels natural. But that was that was in the back of my head. Like, this is disrespectful to the people around me, and like that, like legit, like that was like so, that was the, and I think that comes from like where I've heard that from. But but like it was legit, like like don't don't put your arm around me. Like this is disrespectful to the people around me, and like that was like my that was my spot from it. And I've noticed that too. Like there have been times where she wants to do things or like she wants to go, you know, she wants to go do something or whatever. And like the first thought that pops in my head is like, what is this person going to think about that? if we go do that and it's like and what i've and that's actually something i've been working on for the past couple months so that's kind of cool you said that because i've realized that the only person that i can let whose like opinion comes over hers is like god so now it's like what was this person think about that okay well what would god think about that okay if god's cool with it then it doesn't matter what this person thinks about it and then we can go do it. you know what i mean like it's like it and i've had to work that back and that's that's been huge for us lately because like i, I noticed that i was doing that a lot more than uh I really should have been, and it was causing some some problems sometimes. Yeah, I think I, I think the thing, the soundtrack concept, um, just I guess maybe shed more light on because I, I guess I've always known it's true. 
it's crazy to me the number of conversations you're having not out loud. Yeah. <clears throat> like what you are saying to yourself is it's it's so much of it is subconscious. Like you're not even doing intentionally anymore because you've done it for so long. Yeah. That's the part that's a trip. And I think it's why I love the conversation soundtrack so much. And like, even as we're like, I'm still processing it. I want to do a series on soundtracks. And what I want to do is I want to preach a sermon series and switch where I take like the four soundtracks that have like affected my life most and really break them down for you on stage. So you can see what that looks like, like how it's affected me, the the pros, the cons, uh, how you fight them, how I'm combating them and help you kind of be empowered. Like whatever your soundtrack is, you can still take control of it. Like the battle's not over. The fact that you see it is the first step towards shifting the whole concept of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, it just made me realize like I'm really having so many micro conversations with myself on a daily basis that never come out of my mouth. Mm-mm. And I think that is one of the reasons why meditation is huge yeah. and why prayer is a big deal and why <clears throat> having days where you don't work and you don't solve problems for other people and you just kind of like take a moment to breathe why the intimate conversations <clears throat> with your wife matters or your significant other matters. Cause <clears throat> the second I said all this, Nicole's like, Oh yeah, I knew that. Like, Cool, man. Like, how did I just let you in like six years ago? We'd probably already been working on that, yeah. right? Like, it's just like, like so it's it's the reason why meditation, real relationships, authenticity, self-awareness are worth fighting for so that you can try to eliminate as many of the unhealthy soundtracks as possible so that you can start putting your hands to the beautiful, like, healthy life that is actually laid out in front of you. Like, yeah. there is this, as good as today is, it can be even more beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest part of like hope uh, and, and, and faith in Jesus is the idea that like you aren't done yet. Even if you're 80 today, like there's a more beautiful tomorrow you could lay hold of. Like there's yeah. still good to be seen. There's still growth to be had. There's still more peace to experience. There's a greater depth of health. Like there's so many layers to the human. Like I, I'm stuck on Shrek. Like like ogres have layers. And like, <laughs> yeah. So do humans. <laughs> I don't care how long you live on this earth. There's one more soundtrack you can pull back. There's yeah. one more layer you can pull back. There's one more level of, of hope, peace, love that you can lay hold of to make this world even more beautiful and amazing than it already is. And it's worth it. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm realizing today. <clears throat> it's like, I don't just want to fight these soundtracks for me. Cause I do, I do like, I want, I want to have an incredible life. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to like walk into a room and like, Obviously, I've just this whole thing about not people's perceptions don't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. <laughs> but the competitive side of me wants to walk into a room and be able to like confidently say, like, I got the best marriage here. Yeah. Come at me. Like it ain't a competition, but I want to feel that way, right? Like yeah. I, I want to be like, no, we killing this thing. And I, I do, but more than that, I want to I want to kill as many insecurities as possible so my son doesn't have to fight the fights I fight. Mm. So my daughters don't have to fight the fights that I fight. And I, I think if nothing else, getting healthy is worth it so that you can set the next generation up to hopefully be taking new ground. Hopefully we can stop generation after generation after generation fighting the same fights, battling the same battles, losing to the same giants, if you will. Yeah. 
I want to kill as many of those as possible so that when my son has a fight, when my daughters have a fight, it's a new one. Yeah. It's not the same thing that their dad couldn't win, that their grandpa couldn't win, that their great-grandpa couldn't win, that their mom couldn't win, that their grandma couldn't win, that their great-grandma couldn't win, but that their generation fights a new fight, a new battle, new giants. And we can continue to pass this torch on. We can continue to lay these these bricks of legacy, if you will, down, that this foundation is solid, that as, as much as I can secure the ground that you walk on, I want to. Um, and so it's worth it. It's worth the uncomfortability of the soundtracks. And that's one of the reasons I like our podcast so much is I really like the, the space that this creates. So you can see kind of as a pastor, like, I got intimacy issues, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to hear someone say that, that is on a stage with a mic, I, I, for me, would have been the most freeing thing in the world. Yeah. And uh, I hope that, that gives life to people because while I did, I won't always. Yeah, absolutely. While I struggle, I won't always. I'm going to get to the other side of this thing, and I'm going to be freaking crushing intimacy. Yeah. Y'all going to see me holding hands with a big old smile on my face when it's all said and done. <laughs> <laughs> I won't always. I like that as a soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, man, I think this is a good place to end this thing. Uh, but, yeah, y'all don't, don't, don't let your soundtrack define your life. Uh, you find... You find a sorry. You find your soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, define your soundtrack. There we go. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. <laughs>